to Jamie and Lisa. Uh, I wouldn't be here uh, unless they gave me the permission and the great honor to preach. So we always want to give honor where honor is due. And I just want to say thank you so much for them. I'm sure they're having a great time where they're at. So I hope you guys are having a good time so far. Uh, Let's just pray over the rest of the service, and then we'll, we'll dive straight into it. Lord, thank you so much for the the beautiful, beautiful rain that you've given us today, Lord. Uh, So many people think it's depressing, Lord, but we're just so grateful for the little things that you give us. Father, thank you for the worship. Thank you for each and every single individual that is here today. We just ask, Lord, that you would bless this service, that you would anoint me, and that uh, you would penetrate each and every single heart uh, that needs to be penetrated by this word, Lord, and that you would use it so that we can uh, bring your kingdom glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So before uh, I get into my word today, I just kind of wanted to break the ice, calm my nerves, and uh, make you guys laugh a little bit. So here's a joke. So there was a new pastor in town, and he was going door to door to invite people to church and to meet the congregation. He got to one lady's house and knocked on the door, and he heard someone inside, so he knocked again, but no one answered. He took out his business card and wrote Revelation 3.20 on the card. That Sunday when uh, he was going through the offering, he saw the card and the, l- the lady wrote something on the back of his business card beside of his verse. She wrote Genesis 3.10. The preacher decided to go open his Bible in his office and he read his verse first. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Revelation 3.20. I heard your voice and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Genesis 3.10. So as my papa would say, this is why we do not take verses out of context. (laughs) Everything needs context. Well, it's a a beautiful day to to be here. Even though there's rain, I'm just glad to see everybody's faces, and I'm happy to be here. And it's almost been a whole entire year since I have uh, preached last, and I'm just so grateful that I can be here. I want to thank Will and Micah for being here and... uh, um, doing worship that really blessed me, and I was glad they were here. And I'll thank everybody from Committed who came. Um, But the last few months for my family and myself have been pretty crazy, and I'm just so glad that I'm here to give y'all what the Lord has given me. Um, I'm just so, so glad that he's blessed me with an assignment uh, to help penetrate some hearts and to bring some healing and correction and help. So I just want to start off by saying that I'm a man who loses faith easily. Um, and there are a couple, a couple of reasons why if I'm watching a game and there's like 10 minutes left in the game and my team is, is even having the slightest bit of adversity, the quarterback maybe has to go to the bathroom, but he's no longer in the game. I'm, I'm freaking out because we just have a little bit of adversity and I'm done. I quit. I turn off the TV and I'm I'm done. I'm not watching it because there's no way that they can overcome this adversity. Will can attest to me losing faith a lot when we go and play disc golf. Uh, If I'm playing disc golf and I have any adversity, disappointment, anything, if I hit a tree, if I make a bad throw, whatever it is, I lose faith in myself. I lose faith in God. And like most people here, I begin to question his goodness. I'm not making this up, and I don't like that I do this, but I think we can all agree that we do this at times. And I talk to God, and Will, Will knows. He, he's heard me do it, and he's had to preach me through a couple times while we've been playing disc golf, and I say, why me? Why every single time that I'm playing disc golf, why do I have to hit a tree every time that I'm playing? And, I mean, I do the right things. 
I don't cuss while we play. I, I, don't, I don't smoke. I don't, I don't do anything. I, and I, I tell God, I love you, Jesus, and I know you love me. So why are these bad things happening to me? Does anyone else do this? Is it just me? Okay. <laughs> so us as humans get disappointed, derailed, and depressed by the biggest and smallest things. I just gave small examples, but sometimes in life, these big things happen to us, and I'm not discrediting those big things. I understand that you lose faith and hope while you go through those big things. But today I want to bring a, a message about faith to you. I want to talk about faith. But I'm a guy that likes definitions. I like to know what I'm talking about before I begin to talk about it. So the first slide we got today is faith. What is faith? This is a definition that Michael Todd has given in his sermon series, Crazy Faith. And it is thoughts and actions that lack reason, but we do them by putting trust in something or someone you cannot explicitly prove. And like I said, this is all from Michael Todd's Crazy Faith, and we're basing this one off of a Blazy Faith, and I encourage you guys uh, to go listen to that. So like I said, we're going to be talking about fiery, blazy faith. Lord, I just pray and ask right now that you would give each and every single individual in this room right now fiery, blazy faith for you. Amen. So today we're going to be looking at Daniel 3, 16 through 18. So if you brought your Bible, go ahead and open up Daniel 3, 16 through 18. If not, it's going to be on the screen for all the lazy people. All right, so verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. We are thrown into the, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, underline blazing in your Bible. If, you are throw, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, I have that circled in my Bible. Even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. So like I said, context, a little bit of context before this passage right here. King Nebuchadnezzar has taken over um, the Jewish people where, who Daniel is a part of. It's now the Babylonian Empire, and they have a statue up in their hometown, little area village and they've required people, required people to bow down to him. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are telling Nebuchadnezzar, we're not going to bow down to you. So I want to start off by saying, just like these three boys, we have purpose. Your presence on this planet means you have purpose. You have no deficiency. Look at me, everyone in here, you have no deficiency. You are exactly who God created you to be right now, how you are. You have everything in you already to be who God has called you to be. A lot of us think that we have to go to this school or do this thing or read the Bible 700 times to be who God wants us to be and to accept our calling. No, God has already given you exactly what you need to reach that calling. No matter the situation you are in, no matter the circumstance, God has called you and God has you where he wants you. We all go through bad situations. We all go through hard times, but he has you exactly where he wants you. I know this because purpose is always an answer to a problem. How do you know this? Light bulb versus darkness. 
There was a purpose for a need of a light bulb so we didn't have darkness. Same reason we have a sun, S-O-N-S-U-N, to drive out the darkness. Medicine versus sickness, always a purpose for a problem. And then the one that we all know, Jesus Christ versus sin and death. So how do we know that God has a purpose for us? Here's another definition. Purpose is God's preference for us. Just like my earthly father has a preference for my life, my heavenly father has a preference for my life, the thing that they most want us to do. But in order to get God's preference, it requires our participation with him. There's one word that makes participation happen, faith. That's what we're talking about. Faith and purpose go hand in hand. Faith is the bridge you have to cross to go to purpose. Do you want to have your purpose met in this life? Have faith. Trust the Lord. He will get you there. So Daniel 3 is what represents a fiery faith. Raise your hand if you want fiery faith. I want fiery faith. To completely understand the context of the scriptures we read, we need this info. Daniel's country, like I just said, had been stripped of its culture by the Babylonian Empire. Daniel's country has been stripped away of their comfortable everyday lives. We as Christians, Will tells all of the kids that um, committed all the time, we have to live in uncomfortability. That is how we are pursuing and getting better each and every single day. Daniel's life, the whole country's lives, have just been entered into a storm, into bondage, and into adversity. And yes, even in this scripture, we see that they're getting ready to be placed in a furnace. But I would even say that this country has been thrown into the fires of life. If you let me enter myself into this story, I would 100% lose my mind. I, wouldn't, I would not want to be alive anymore. I told y'all I don't do adversity. I, I, I don't do hard times. I don't do bondage. I, I just don't do it. If, if it's hard, I'm not a fan of it. If it's easy, sign me up. This is where I would be questioning God. Would, would anybody be questioning God in this? So let, let's put everybody in a situation. What if somebody comes over to America and they take over this country? God, where's your grace? Where's your mercy for, for America? All I know is that a lot of people today would do the same thing. But the one thing I want to point out is that the attack that Daniel endured is the same attack the enemy tries to use. We know that scripture tells us that the enemy comes to what? Still kill and destroy. But I want to tell you that he can only try to still kill and destroy. I said try because the enemy can only try to steal from us until what? Until God gives back double for us. The enemy can only try to kill our joy, our happiness, our peace, but we know what? All those things are one man named Jesus. You will not find happiness, joy, peace, and anything in this world can give you. I love Bailey. She's great. She makes me very happy. But there is no joy that I can get from her that the Father doesn't give me even more and more and more. The enemy can only try to destroy us. What does scripture tell us? I shall live and not die. The enemy can only try to destroy my sister. But guess what? She lives. The enemy can only try to destroy your family, but they're covered in the blood. Anybody that has lost family members out there, they're covered in the blood. 
the blood has already been poured out for them. They're already covered in that blood. They just don't know it yet. But believe, and they'll come home. That right there should cause you to shout, because no matter the trial, the storm, the test, the enemy can only try. Because what does Scripture also tell us? We have the victory. The enemy is already defeated, rendered powerless. He has no power. Christ has all the power, and he's given it to us. We have the victory. Say it with me. We have the victory. Here's a side note. There's something else the enemy is trying to do. It's, it's especially this generation right now and generations to come. The enemy is trying to steal identity. You look outside of these walls, you look at young people, you go to high schools, you can see how many kids and young people are struggling with their identity. It's heartbreaking and it's sad, but that's the number one tactic I believe that the enemy is trying to use right now on young people, is trying to take that identity. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are not Hebrew names. Those are all Babylonian names. So even back in the Old Testament, the enemy has been trying to take people's identity. We cannot allow that to happen. They are Babylonian names. I now have a new name, son. You now have a new name, daughter. Remember, that's your identity. Son, daughter, king's kid. So Daniel 3.17, where does it say that these three boys are going to be delivered from the fire? It doesn't. Daniel 3.17 does not say that they're going to get delivered. Let's look at it. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able. He's able to deliver them. He is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. He didn't say that he was going to deliver them from the fire, but he did say that he was going to deliver them and rescue them from the power of King Nebuchadnezzar. They only declared God will deliver them from the majesty's hand. We know the story after this though, right? We all went to Sunday school. We know that they still get thrown into the fire. And that, that just goes back to what I said earlier. I do the right things. I go to church. I don't cuss. I don't smoke. I read the Bible every single day. But guess what? My family still got thrown in the fire. It's life. Reigns on the the just and the unjust. But their faith still stands true to their verse 17 statement. That right there is fiery, blazy faith. And I'll put it up here. This is the definition. Blazy faith is fireproof faith. It won't collapse bend, melt, or break. That's what I want. I want faith that no matter what storm comes my way, no matter what pain comes my way, no matter what happens in my life, the good, the bad, I want my faith to be able to withstand the fire. And, and see, in, in Scripture, we know that fire represents the battles and the storms of life. We see this in 1 Peter 4.12. It says, Dear friends, Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Peter tells us that the fire's coming. What's it say up there? As if something strange were happening to you. It's not strange. Scripture told us it's coming. We, We don't need to be losing our minds when the battle and the fire comes when Scripture says it's coming. I've got to learn just as you guys have to learn. Battles, trials, fire, it's coming. And I can't just lose my mind when it gets here. So I have a question for you. 
do you have faith that survives fire? I mean, I've had to ask myself this a couple times in the last couple months because I'll be honest while you think of it. I didn't, and I'm still working on gaining it. My faith wasn't fiery when Mary got in the wreck. I question God. Why are, you say you're good? I bet you're not. If you're good, then why'd you let this happen? I told him that he wasn't good, and why should I have faith in him to do good things if he still lets bad things happen? I mean, I'm just being real. We, we can play games, we can play church games, but I'm being real. See, I, I can relate to these boys and what they're going through. All three of them, they stood for the Lord, and they still get thrown into the fire. And, and while I was even reading this and studying this, I'm like, God, that, that, it really doesn't make you seem good. I mean, at, at this point of the story, you're still letting the people that serve you maybe have a chance of death. And I hope we all can be real and say this happens to everyone in this room. And I bet these three boys were asking the same questions my family has asked. Why us? Why? We do good things. We're good people. Why do we now have to suffer? But God told me that our faith has to be on fire to fight the fires of life. Scientifically speaking, fire cannot consume fire. It's not possible. That's why we say we got to fight fire with fire. The only reason Mary will get through this fire is because her faith is on fire. Fiery, blazy faith will help you survive what others will get scorched up in. Believe me, if Mary wasn't a believer, she wouldn't make it. It's just, just what it is. <laughs> Daniel 3, 21 through 22. I, I promised myself, I was like, I'm not going to cry this time. Last time I bawled my eyes out, this time I'm not doing it. But I still did. Daniel 3, 21 through 22. It'll be on the screens. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. Uh, and because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. Those without fiery faith will be scorched up by the fires of life. See, those people were handling the ones that were already inside the fires of life. But because they didn't have that strong faith, they got scorched up by that fire that they were already carrying. See, we as Christians, we can carry stuff that those that aren't Christians can't carry. We're strong enough. That's why he gives us the battle. That's why he puts us in the fire. Daniel 3, 25, 3, 23 through 25. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly... Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and explained to his ad advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like 
a son of God. The boys were bound when they were thrown in. There were three men thrown in, but now there's four. But the most important thing is all the men were unbound, unharmed, and what? The fourth looks like a son of God. Pay attention right here. You're going to miss it. This is awesome. This right here is what we call a Christophany. A Christophany is when Jesus shows up early before his manifested body. You're going to miss it. Listen, we always talk about the times that we think God comes in late. But blazy faith will make God show up early. The boy's faith was so on fire for God, they made Jesus show up before his birth and deliver them. When your faith is on fire, God's going to show up early for you. He's not going to let you go through the whole thing. He's going to show up and say, no, I'm already here. <laughs> but before they were delivered from the fire, they were unbound. But before they were delivered from the fire, they were unbound. This is one of my favorite points. Blazy faith helps you get loose in it before God delivers you out of it. There's always a reason for the fire. This is my question. What do you need loose from before God delivers you out of this fire? We're all going through fires in here. Some may be really, really small. Some may be monumental. But I, I guarantee each and every single person in this room is going through a fire. What do you need loose from before you're delivered out of it? Blazy faith makes your enemies eat their words. Daniel 3, 28 through 29. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command, and they were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except for their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be burned into heaps of rubble. There is no other god who can rescue like this. Frank, if you'll come play, I'm, I'm wrapping this thing up, and we're going to go all the way back to the beginning here. God used this story to change the king's heart. See, just because you're going through the fire, it's not always for you. It's usually for the people around you, to see you. There's a lot of people, when you go through fire, they're like, oh, they're not going to make it through. They don't want you to make it through. But because you're able to make it through, people are going to say something's different with that man. See, we have no clue what these boys' skills were. What skills does it mention in Scripture? What skills did they have to be used? See, that's what we think as Christians. And it doesn't matter. We Christians love to think that to be used by God, it's all based on my skills. It's the complete opposite. You don't need faith to use skills. Your gifting doesn't require skills. Purpose is about using your story. 
Skills are pretty. Stories are fiery. I believe as Christians, we must begin to teach how to survive in the fire of life. Many people have left the church and are unwilling to come because life happens to believers and the fire burns their faith. I was talking to a friend this week who is unwilling to come back to church because of a fire that happened in their life and it burnt up their faith and they can't get back. I believe, and I'm speaking truth, that that will be healed, it will be touched, and at some point they'll come back because God will finish the good work that he started in them. We go through the fire. We all go through the fire and the trials of life. I mean, there's a saying that says you're either in the storm, you just got out of the storm, or you're getting ready to go into the storm. You can replace that word storm for fire, but, but it's true. It, it's, you're either in it, you either just came out of it, or you're getting ready to go into it. If everyone will stand, I'm going to ask one last question. And I, I want you to be honest, and I'm going to take a second for everybody to, to just search their heart and, and be ready to answer this question. Is disappointment from the past stopping you from believing what can happen in the future? I'm going to ask it one more time so that you can think about it. Is disappointment from the past being burned by the fire of life stopping you from believing what can happen in the future? See, I want to invite you to realize something. Jesus is in here. He is in this room this morning, and he is ready to ignite your fire. He is ready to ignite the fire of your faith. Like I said earlier, it's time right now to start fighting fire with fire. As we close, I want to remind you, you can only walk with God in two ways. In, the, in this whole entire life, in your relationship with Christ, when you're just so close with him, you can only walk with him in two ways. The first way is what most Christians do. It's called a facelift. You can only walk with God by having a facelift. And a facelift is acting like you always have mountain moving faith 24 seven and nothing is wrong. But inside you're hurting. Inside you're crushed, you're ready to cry, you're ready to break through, but you don't want anyone to know. It's called a facelift. Your face lifts, you just got a smile on your face all the time. But if we looked at your heart, your heart would be crushed. You wouldn't have a smile on that, that heart. And number two, it's called a heart transplant. Saying, God, I, I, I can't move mountains on my own. I can only move a mountain until you, give, until you give me this fiery faith and I give you this disappointment. That's a heart transplant. You see, faith is not denying reality. It's believing God will change the reality that you live in. If you have a wounded heart, God will heal it. If you have a wounded heart, God will heal it. Raise your hand if God has ever healed your wounded heart. Look at that. That's testimonies all around you to prove that he will do it. God will heal your heart and give you a resilience to keep going. That's, a, that's what a, this life is about. It's the resilience to go through the fire, to get through the flames, and to keep progressing. I'm going to be honest, there, there's a special moment happening right now. If you want to have this moment of having your heart healed, God wants to have that moment with you.
I, I believe he's already taken this first, the first step to heal it. I'm done. I'm ending. This is the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to leave you with one verse. I will heal the brokenhearted and bind up their every wound. Psalms 147.3. If we all bow our heads and close our eyes, we're going we're gonna to end in, in prayer. I knew this would be quick today because I just wanted to get to the point. Lord, I believe that there's people under the sound of my voice that have broken and, and hurted hearts. And I just pray and ask, Lord, that you would give them the confidence to, to be honest with themselves and to be honest with you. Lord Jesus, I just pray and ask that right now as we speak, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would go into each and every single heart that is hurting and broken and wounded by the fires of life. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just give them a warm embrace. Remind them of the love that you have for them. Remind them that they are a son and that they are a daughter. And I'm asking Jesus right now that you would anoint every single individual in this, this church right now, Father, with fiery, blazy faith to be ready to go through the storm and to be helped. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. The altar is open. If you want prayer, you can always come to me. I would love to pray with you. But be honest with yourself. If your heart's broken and you want healed, healing's in this room. I wore this shirt today. It says House of Miracles. There's miracles in this house right now. There, one time, Will had a fractured hand and we prayed here at the church. The, the bones, everything, completely restored in Jesus' name. So there, there's miracles here. If your heart is hurting, ask the Lord to heal it. He will.